A group of people answer an invitation to play a game that may lead to great financial gain. A lost pup traverses the Colorado wilderness. David Dunn finds himself institutionalized with two supervillains. Del Scott takes a job as a caretaker. Try to reverse history and take down Thanos. Travel to a festival in Sweden. Little realistic hamlet in Africa. And a washed-up TV actor and his stuntman find themselves next door to the Tate Polanski residence. This time on the Oscar should have gone to Craig's 2019 movie rankings. So far. And the Oscar goes to... 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 I mean, probably none of these movies we're going to talk about. Okay, so here we are. Um, as we said last episode, Megan's away. Uh, she, you know, drinking her way around the world, um, or Bermuda, New York. Um, so this is a special episode. We did this last year. Uh, so we're back with Craig's current movie ranking for the year 2019. And, of course, there's no one else I could do this with than actor, writer, director, singer-songwriter, and avid moviegoer. Joe Gillette. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me back, Craig. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. So uh, if you didn't listen to this episode last year, uh, if you're new to the podcast, basically, as I see movies of the year, I rank them. So then I'm just going to go from bottom to top. Uh, some of them will just basically, I'll just say them. Other ones that Joe's seen, we may discuss briefly. Um, and then at the end, we'll talk about maybe some people we're hoping will factor into the Oscar race at the end of the year. And we'll hear Joe's top five as well. Great. Um, so we'll just start from the very, very bottom. I do want to point out, there's a couple movies I saw this year um, that I feel like would be on this list, but I think they technically were foreign films that are considered 2018. So for instance, Everybody Knows by Asghar Farhadi would probably be in my top 10 right now, but um, I'm not considering that as part of this year. So my least favorite movie of the year, Joe, is Hellboy. Didn't see it. Yeah. Um, my big thought on Hellboy is, why did we need another Hellboy movie? Why did we need a Hellboy reboot? Like, yeah. I get it. I get, like, you're going to keep making X-Men movies. You're going to keep making Spider-Man movies. Is there such a fervent Hellboy comic community that people want a brand new movie when it was 15 years ago when Guillermo del Toro did his first Hellboy movie? I don't think so. I, clearly, <laughs> the box office reflects that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I remember when the trailer came out and we knew David Arbor was going to do yeah. it. That seemed exciting because it's, you sure. know, casting a lot of times is like who's hot at the moment. Right. And he has a, a big fan base, it would seem, from Stranger Things. But, um, yeah, I saw this in, uh, this interview with Ian McShane, who's in it. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how, you know, you do some movies and you think they're going to hit because of maybe a fan base is already there or there's yeah. some heat on the, act, the lead actor or whatever. And then they come out and then they just go away. Yeah. And he was saying as an actor how interesting it is when you go to then some, you know, function and people don't talk about that movie because it just kind of went away. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, yeah it's bad. It's yeah. very bad and I don't suggest anyone see it. Um, it's also really confusing. I feel like it's partially aimed towards a comic crowd. There's a whole 
subplot in it that eventually sort of gets more explained, but I feel like if you know the comics right away, you'd be in. Mm. But it's not like an Easter egg. It's sort of important to the story, it feels like. Yeah. So, uh, number 74, I have the beach bum. Didn't see it. Wanted to see it. Yeah. Um, didn't like it. Felt like it was... The style's great. Costumes are amazing in it. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't have any heart at all. You mm. keep you see this guy who, you know, is just like this writer who doesn't do anything. He just drinks and fucks, and that's basically all he does. And you keep thinking he's going to have some sort of moment of clarity. And not change. I don't need him to change. Um, but a really tragic thing happens, and it doesn't do anything to the movie at all. Mm. Um, yeah. Comparing it to something like Spring Breakers. Uh huh. I didn't love Spring Breakers either, but I thought Spring Breakers was more fun than The Beach Bum was. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, they could have used a scene with McConaughey singing every time. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, number 73, I guarantee you didn't see this movie. And it's a movie called The Public. Didn't see it. That's uh, Emilio Estevez-directed? Yes. Yeah. This is why I went and saw that movie. About a decade ago, one of my best friends from high school lived in Los Angeles, and he was working for Steve Zalian. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he was doing was reading scripts. And he texted me and was like, I just read the worst script, and it's by Emilio Estevez. No. And it's about... About a bunch of homeless people taking over a library because the library doesn't want them there because they smell. Now, the public has more to it than that. And honestly, like, maybe that's been added since because there are more relevant things added to it. Basically, it's about there's a deep freeze in Cleveland. Um, and they basically take over the library because there aren't enough shelters. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not very good. Emilio Estevez. I mean, Gordon Bombay forever, but... Is he acting it as he well? He does. He's the protagonist. Oh, boy. His um, love interest is played by, I'm going to remember forget the actress's name, but Piper from Orange is the New Black. Oh. <laughs> is that the lead? Um, well, I mean, she plays, like, the love interest, too. Is, she, oh, is it the lead in Orange is the yeah. New Black? Oh, so that's... Uh, Taylor Schilling. T yeah, Taylor. Taylor. Um, who's about 25 years younger than him, I believe. Um, the end of the movie is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And we'll get to another movie pretty soon that has a crazy ending as well. But everyone gets fully naked. You're because, kidding. no, all of the people that, it's only men for some reason. Apparently for some reason there's no women. Um, Jenna um, Fisher? Jenna Malone oh. is in the movie, but she has left before this. Okay. But there are no homeless women here, okay. only homeless men. Um, and they all get naked, so I guess they can't... I guess the whole idea is supposed to be they, they're they not concealing anything, so they don't have to worry about like the police killing anyone. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, Do we see full frontal? Bombay? We don't, but okay. uh, they all have, they're all cupping. Wow. Um, their genitals. But you see a lot of ass. You get Bombay ass in it. Okay. Yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah, all right. Um, so that's the public. 72, Dark Phoenix. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, that's down there for me, yeah. too. Have you ever seen a performance more phoned in than Jennifer Lawrence in Dark Phoenix? I don't think I have. It almost God seemed like she did one take of every scene, 
And I'm not sure that she didn't have cue cards on set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think she was like, if I have to get into this fucking makeup one more time. Yeah. So it was like, you guys got, I have a heart out at 2 p.m. Yeah. And uh, you have me for two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the X-Men movies have been kind of, you know, dropping. Yeah. Anyway. But what I read about this one is that none of, all of them had filled with Apocalypse. Was that the last one, right? Yeah. They had fulfilled their contracts. Interesting. That they all chose to come back because they wanted to do it if Simon Kinberg directed one. Oh. But you can't tell that by, I mean, I think, you know, Fassbender and McAvoy are both fine. Yeah. In it. Um, but it doesn't seem like anyone wants to be there. No, I think, you know, it's interesting because those movies felt like gigantic movies when they first came out. Mm -hmm. And and First Class did really well. I really liked First Class. Yeah. Um, But there was so much time in between films. Yeah. And, And in the meantime, you've got the MCU blowing up right. and completely taking over that these movies felt weirdly small. Yeah. Like the last apocalypse and this film felt like, you know, I don't know, sort of like the forgotten child or yeah. something. And even though I thought the effects were good and there were some moments I was invested yeah. in, I just sort of felt like it was a shame that you have all this talent. Yeah. Yeah. In a movie that just, like, no one's really asking for. It's not even really being promoted that much. We've seen this story already done badly on screen ten years ago. Yes. Um, Yeah, it didn't really work. Yeah. Yeah, just not, just all around not good. Mm -mm. And now we're done with X-Men until Marvel reboots it as their own. So, be interesting. At number 71, I have Under the Silver Lake. Didn't see it. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Andrew Garfield. Which is where I watched it. Mm. This movie had a really interesting sort of rollout. It premiered at Cannes last year. Okay. And then was supposed to come out over, like, in the fall. And then it got delayed to the spring. And then A24 basically put it out for, like, a week at, like, one theater in Los Angeles. And I'm sure it was probably in one theater in New York. Um, Who directed it? It's David Robert Mitchell who did It Follows, which I liked It Follows a lot. I did, too. This has, it just feels like a jumble of things that he wanted to do and nothing comes together and it feels sort of misogynistic. There's a lot of tits for the reason of just showing tits. Mm. Um, And I like Andrew Garfield, but I mean, there's been a lot of talk around the movie about is the movie like celebrating this character who's sort of like a toxic masculinity figure or is it mocking him? And I'm not sure that it, you can tell either way, right. which is a problem. Um, anyway, you can watch it if you have Amazon Prime. There's a, a movie we haven't gotten to yet mm-hmm. that given where we, where we are, I'm shocked we haven't hit yet. <laughs> well, like that we've already hit Dark Phoenix and yeah. there's this movie I'm thinking of that I'm, I can't wait. Well, what if it's like number three on I'll be. <laughs> we're going to get into it. We're really going to get into it. Uh, number 70, I have A Dog's Way Home. You couldn't... <laughs> I'm trying to think of an amount of money that you would yeah. that you could give me to. Well, let me it. tell you, it was January. Yeah, um, the entire film <laughs> is in the trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, also, again, an actress I like, Bryce Dallas Howard. 
maybe the most obnoxious uh, vocal performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? She's the dog. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I was like, she's in that movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, literally, if you haven't seen the trailer for A Dog's Way Home, please watch it. And then that's it. You're good. You're completely good. The yeah. dog comes home in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It all works out. Yeah. Uh, cute dog. Yeah. Um, at number 69, I have Cold Pursuit. Didn't see it. It just felt like a movie that was, like, trying so hard to be, like, Fargo-y, cohen yeah. and it just... We're going to be wore that cheek with the wore that so hard on its sleeve. Yeah. Um, and they did this thing throughout where every single time someone would die, they would, like, cut to, like, a black screen, which would be fine, except basically it was all a run-up to a joke where... There's a giant shootout at one point, and they cut to a black screen, and they've got, like, 12 names on it instead of one. But it, at this point, we've cut to black screens, like, nine times, and it's like... Black comedies screen with, It's always a black screen with the person's yeah. name. It's like comedies in threes, or apato in fours, but it's not in nines. The joke didn't work, and you did this the whole for this one joke. Yeah. Um, not good. Number 68, Serenity. Didn't see it. Um, this is another movie with a batshit twist. Yes, I have to imagine. This yeah. is this is McConaughey. This is McConaughey and Hathaway, right? Hathaway Jason Strong. Clark, Jeremy Strong is yeah. in it. Jeremy Strong, one of the strangest roles ever put on film. Okay. Um, I don't want to spoil it because I yeah. think the only reason to watch it is for the batshit twist. But it's another sort of like noir movie that doesn't work. But yeah. at least it's uh, it's interesting because it's so crazy. Okay. 67, I have The Kid Who Would Be King. No. Did you catch that one? Didn't catch it. Uh, British film, uh, basically retelling of the Arthur myth. Um, again, not good. Little? No. Who's in Little? It's um, it's Regina King. Not Re- Oh, sure. Not Regina King, Regina big, Hall. The Sorry. big sort of film. Yes. It's, it's basically big. It weirdly... Seems to almost be going towards like a junior high audience more, which doesn't show in the trailer at all. Uh, Issa Rae is in it, and she's fantastic in it. And if it had been more with her, I think it would have been better. But they really focus on like the young girl being yeah. in junior high. And she's aspect. from bl- of blackish fame, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have Godzilla King of the Monsters next. Planned. Oh, I just hit my mic. Um, planned on seeing it. Didn't see it. Yeah. Um, really loved Godzilla. Loved the Godzilla remake. Yeah. It was one of my top ten movies of that year. This movie is not good. Yeah. It's, is it just CGI porn? Yeah, and weird. I like almost fell asleep multiple times at a movie that just has monsters screaming and buildings falling. It's just washing over you. Yeah. You're completely desensitized. Yeah, so it was a letdown hmm. because again good cast Kyle yeah. Chandler the other thing is they sort of pick up in media res from the last movie where Godzilla's leaving San Francisco and Kyle Chandler and Vera Farmiga's son is killed Millie Bobby Brown plays their daughter and so Kyle Chandler hates Godzilla because he blames him for his son's death um, but these aren't so it makes it feel like these should sort of be characters that we remember from the last movie but they're not in the last movie which I'm fine you know just the connection but the way it's done is confusing I think yeah 64 I have The Hustle 
That's uh, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Joe took a full seven seconds to even remember what this movie was, and yes. it came out two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, Rebel Wilson, a Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remade. It's actually remade to the point. The end of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, I don't feel bad spoiling. I don't feel bad spoiling the hustle because Dirty Rotten Scoundrels has been out for thirty years. Um, is that Michael Caine and Steve Martin are trying to basically have this bet about this woman who ends up being a con artist herself, uh-huh. and she's conned them. Yeah. And this movie does the same thing, but Alex Sharp plays a male who ends up conning the two women. And I'm not sure in 2019. The best course of action, maybe, is to be like, look how smart this man is and these women aren't. Yes. Seems like a weird choice. Um, it's also, I just think Rebel Wilson's better in doses because we only ever let her do one thing and until we're going to let her do something else. Um, it might be a little It might be too much. Yeah. yeah. Well, the movie didn't do well. No, it didn't. Um, speaking of Rebel Wilson and Doses, isn't it romantic? That's what I have next. Didn't see it. Yeah. Um, some people really like this movie. I just thought it could have gone farther with the whole we're talking about romantic comedy tropes. I mm-hmm. felt like it didn't go far enough. Um, 62. I've got a lot. Of, you can see sort of in... I've got Godzilla, and then all clumped together, I have these high-concept women comedies. Okay. Which, honestly, it's just like... Every woman in this in this area just deserved a better movie. Yeah, they're all terrific. So sixty two, I have what men want. Yeah, um, which Taraji P Henson. Let's let's put her in something good, guys. She's great. I feel like they've given her four leads in the last couple years, which is great. And one of the movies I actually liked. Okay, we'll talk about that actually later on on the list. But the other ones were all not good. Yeah, it's like this is an Academy Award nominated actress. Let's, yeah, let's get her some good work. I agree. 61, Men in Black International. This is one I was hoping we'd get to. Yeah. I just thought it would be much sooner. I mean, to be fair, I think you only saw like maybe one or two of those movies. Dark Phoenix was like the only one we hadn't. That's true. Yeah. I guess just in my mind, yeah. Men in Black International <laughs> was a complete disaster. Yeah. And so, yes, out of the films I've seen, which would probably be a quarter of the amount that you've seen, right. that's at the very bottom of the list. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, I had, I think I had uh, fair expectations. Uh-huh. I thought it would be a fun movie. Yeah. And I obviously like Chris Hemsworth and um, Tessa Thompson. And Tessa Thompson is so good. Yeah, and we know, strangely, that they are great together. We We've already seen know. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. We know they work together well. So that's all well and good, but it was um, it was a very very poorly written script, mm-hmm. and um, and I just couldn't believe what I was watching most of the time. To be honest, I I was um, fidgeting in my chair at some of the editing choices yeah. and the. The clunky uh, dialogue that Tessa had to choke through. Yeah. Um, and then don't even get me started on the plot. Yeah. Which, how long did it take you to figure out the twist of the movie? Was it four minutes into the movie? It was Six before I in? saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the twist was, you see, coming a mile away. But I, I can't, this doesn't spoil anything. It's literally just the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, Tessa Thompson wants to become a member of the Men in Black. Yes. She accomplishes that in about 10 minutes. Yes. 
she gets everything she wants. Uh-huh. And then somehow she's needed in London. Yep. And then we never see Emma Thompson again. No. And and then we're just on this ride that we don't know why we're on. It's weird that they got Emma Thompson. I mean, get get that check, Emma. She's in the last film. She's in Men in Black 3. Oh, is she? I never saw Men in Black 3, so maybe that's why they used her. Because I was like, why wouldn't this just be like, grab Fiona Shaw to do this part? Apparently she's in the third film. I also didn't see it. Huh. Um... I, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was a big picture, and they were talking about part of the reason this movie doesn't, maybe the reason doesn't have as much charm as those original movies, was that there was something really cool about the creatures in those movies, because they were all like, special effects makeup. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so CGI heavy, so you have like Vincent D'Onofrio and stuff, and whereas in this, your main alien is played by Kumail Nanjani, who, good for Kumail to get the part, but it's... A little, like, cgi green thing that just sits on Chris Hemsworth's shoulder. Yeah, it's a device. Yeah. It's just a comedic device. There's no, you know, and I was in a movie theater where um, apparently people really loved, look, Kumail's great. Yeah. He's really funny. But it's so, such a blatant device, in my opinion. It's and also, and I've won, I'd be really interested in seeing how the, how the movie played in somewhere outside of an area that people are as familiar with Kumail. Because it's not even a very good vocal performance and that is just Kumail. Yeah. And I wonder if you're not familiar with his comedy or familiar with, like, The Big Sick. Yeah. Would you enjoy it at all? I wonder that, too. I mean, when you think I... You know, walking away from the movie, I was just thinking about Men in Black, the original film. and, And a big reason why that movie works so well is... Will Smith is a fish out of water. Yeah. And he's this, like, tough-as-nails, cool New York City cop. Yeah. And he enters this world that's very, like, buttoned up, white, and old. Yeah. And when he puts on the sunglasses and says, I make this shit look good... That's the difference, of course, between him and Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is the energy right. that this organization needs. Yeah. And why it's ultimately going to be, you know, hijinks ensue because he's not used to dealing with things in the way they deal with them. Right. And so in this film, because she gets in so quickly yeah. and just starts working, there's not a moment in the movie where she messes up to a degree where you realize, oh, she's in over her head. Yeah. And now she's got to work her way back and gain trust or anything like that. It, there's and then no he- obstacles. And then way. Hemsworth is also set up as the loose cannon yeah. sort of guy that doesn't do things by the books the way everybody else in the MIB does it. But you never really, they don't go far enough in that nope. direction. You get no sense of it at all. Yeah. You don't even really know why he's like angsty and it, yeah. it, none of it, none of it makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's there. I I would be really interested to see what's on the cutting room floor, or if they did like a page one rewrite at some right. point. But it just felt very thrown together, and you it's just like don't F. Care Gary about Gray it. or something, right? Yeah, someone who's done good movies. Yeah. Um, and number sixty, I I bet maybe you saw this one, Aladdin. I did see Aladdin, yeah. And um, oh, man, um, it didn't work. No, I mean, the first five minutes, I was like, what is going on? It, i tell you the biggest problem, I think, with Aladdin, because I don't want to blaspheme Will Smith at all. Yeah. 
is when they, it takes about halfway through the movie for them to let Will Smith be Will Smith's genie instead of Will Smith play Robin Williams as genie. Yeah. Friend Like Me is an abomination. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. But I think like Prince Ali actually works pretty well. Sure. Because it's more Will Smith and we get to see moments where Will Smith's like being Will Smith and that stuff is fun. But. I agree. I think, also, yeah. yeah, go ahead. The, it grew on me. Uh, that's yeah. like the best way I can describe the movie is like the characters grew on me. It just took a, a long time. Yeah. And I didn't like, um, I didn't like that they slowed down one jump and no. Prince Ali. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I appreciated them wanting to give Jasmine more of like a co-lead and give her more agency and all that stuff. But that this, new song is bad. The new song's it sounds like um, something that like Ellie Goulding would have put out like four years ago. Yes, but it would have been you know like the B side. It wouldn't it would have even be been a hit. Ellie Goulding's B side pitch for a <laughs> James Bond opening theme yes. song. Yes, yeah, that's how it sounded. It didn't fit in at all. And I know Alan Menken was involved, and it's Pasek and Paul. Right, it's just like it's them, just like farting out a song. In my opinion, right, like they're so much better than that yeah. song. The, it's the the hook of the song is cringeworthy. <laughs> Um, oh boy! But um, but I, I also yeah. didn't love the Aladdin. No, I felt bad for him because they clearly had to f- flat iron his hair every day. Yeah, he has uh, very very curly hair, mm-hmm. and his hair is like stick straight and flopping around, and yeah. like gelled with LA looks down to his head. Um, there was something about the performance that was weirdly too big for the screen, but not in like a fun campy way. It yeah. just felt unbalanced. Yeah, I felt like his best stuff was with Will Smith. Yeah. When they were bouncing off each other, I thought it was fun. I also thought that Jafar was not, uh, was not scary. I agree. I agree. Um, didn't work. Didn't work. Number 59, I have Happy Death Day to you. Didn't see it and didn't see Happy Death Day. Um, Happy Death Day I really enjoyed. This is just basically the exact same movie. Yeah. Jessica Roth, I think, is a really fun Actress, and I'm really excited to see her in something other than one of these movies. She just got something. I think she. Yeah, just, she's got a couple things yeah, I think coming up. Yeah. Um, but I think she's really good. Um, this just wasn't it. It also co-stars. I think it's the same guy that's in Big Little Lies season two. I don't know if I've gotten maybe yet. No, the one that's with Shailene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same guy. Yeah. Number fifty-eight. I had Glass. Okay. Did you see Glass? I did see Glass, yeah. I just thought it totally fell apart in the last third of the movie. I think you're right. And it just became sort of, this is the essay I am Nice Shalomalan wrote about this. Yeah. There was about too comic much books. explanation. Yeah. It got too expository. Um, I think what worked so well about Split was that it felt really isolated. Yeah. And claustrophobic and, and like a fun horror movie. Yeah. And I mean, the... The reveal and split in the post credits is an all time like I'll never forget. My jaw literally fell in the movie theater. For sure, it was amazing. Um, so I wanted I wanted more. Yeah. From that setup, I do think James McAvoy, what he's doing in Glass mm-hmm. is um, even though the movie in a lot of ways is like fell falls short. Yeah. What he's doing is is almost impossible. Yes. Um, there are, there are very talented actors. Think of your favorite one. Yeah. 
who just wouldn't even subject themselves right. to doing oh, what for he's sure. doing. And if they tried, it would be laughable and embarrassing. Yeah. Like him jumping between all these different personalities, he is so fully committed. It's worth seeing just for that. Yeah. Can you imagine, um, for instance, like Leo taking on that role? No. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, in this, there were a couple moments that his perform nothing is his performance. I felt like it was written too much. Yes. Where it was like, okay, I, James McFoy, listen, I saw Split. I understand he's an amazing actor. Yeah. I don't need to see him do nine. This isn't humorous interp. I don't need to see him do nine characters in 45 seconds. I agree. It does become a little masturbatory. Yeah. Uh, 57, I had Dumbo. Didn't see Dumbo. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. All right. Colin Farrell's got one arm in it. I love Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um, it's like between but that. But honestly, the, the best parts are when you see the elephant fly. Sure. And that can only happen so many, so many times. times. Um, 56, I have Ma. Didn't see Ma. Um, it's fun. It's, it's one of those movies that you wanted it to either be crazier yeah. or not as crazy. Yeah, because it didn't really... When that trailer came out, I thought, like, ooh, this might be, like, a runaway hit. Yeah. But then it didn't really seem like it did that It well. gets... There's a couple moments later on that... Later in the movie that are... That shit insane. Mm-hmm. But then you want it to be like, well, then the first hour and 15 minutes should have been more insane. Yeah. Because now... To establish. Yeah, so know. it just would have been more fun because the first hour and 15 minutes is is not bad. It just seems sort of standard issue. And they throw in like a Munchausen by proxy subplot. It's just a hat on a hat on a hat. Yeah. Uh, number 55, I, saw, I have Fast Color. Which I feel like for people that saw Fast Color might be a little uh, questionable because a lot of people really like that movie. It's um, Gugu Mbatha Raw, mm. and it's a superhero adjacent movie. It's basically about this woman who has powers, and she's sort of on the run. I just thought it was very whatever. How have I never even heard of this movie? Well, it didn't get much of a release. Um, it's by Julia Horowitz. Okay. Wrote and directed it. Uh, I think she co-wrote it with Jordan Horowitz, who's yeah. perhaps most famously known as the one that gave Moonlight their Oscar because he was the producer of La La Land. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of people really like that movie. Like, I know it's playing at the Draft House that just opened in L.A. Have for you seen that yet? I have not. Um, but a girl that I went to college with is um, programming... It. Really? Yeah, and she is, I know, a big fan of Fast Color. Um, and a lot of people I know that saw it liked it, okay. but I did I'll not. I want to check it out. Yeah. 54, I have Greta. Didn't see it. Um, Greta? That's the Isabel Huppert, Chloe oh, Moritz. Sure. Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Film. Um, again, a movie that I wanted to be crazier than it was. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't quite crazy enough. Fifty three. I have escape room. Didn't see it. Deborah um, Ann Wall. Deb Wall. I'm sure she's listening because yeah. we are we're both friends with one People of her best friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. What um, up, Deb? <laughs> um, yeah, it was a nice little January treat. Yeah. Um, there's the very end of the movie also has such like a can't get ready for escape room to right. open door that it was like, all right, guys, okay. let's see how this does all first. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, 52, I have Miss Bala. Didn't see Miss Bala. Shout Gina. Out. 
Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez, who uh, I was the same. We were at the same uh, college, same year. Yeah. Did an um, episode of Jane the Virgin. Got cut. Nice. Congratulations. But she was lovely to me. Yeah, she was always very nice. Um, yeah, I went to. I was the same year as both Gina and Dewanda Wise. So when all oh, those wow. uh, Netflix posters were up for their movie, me driving back and forth to my retail job felt real good. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a bad movie, but she's good in it. It's fun to see her as an action star, but the script is really bad. Yeah. 51, I had The Dead Don't Die. Want to see it? It's. it's Jim such Jarmusch? A, it's such a sort of disappointment. Okay. Yeah, on paper, I'm like, we got Bill Murray, we got Adam Driver. Yeah. Driver's great in it, Bill Murray's good in it. It just never decides what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun premise, but then it's like, if I want to see a comedy zombie movie, I'll just, just go watch Shaun of the, the Dead, Dead again, because yeah. that's a classic. Yeah. Number 50, I have Teen Spirit. I saw Teen Spirit. It just didn't do as much as I wanted it to do. Yeah, I was really impressed by um, Elle. Yeah. She's very talented. She's very talented. She's always been very good. She's speaking in another language. Yeah. She is singing. Mm-hmm. Then she's speaking English with an accent. I mean, it's very impressive stuff. Yeah. And it's not just like a standard London. No. It's no. very she lives on the, specific. The islands. Yeah. Yep. And um, so she really, she really stood out to me, and I thought... Well, if nothing else, this is a really good showcase for her. Right. Um, I did like the relationship between her and her sort of mentor, manager character. Um, overall, the movie just felt like kind of like a music video. Yeah. Um, there wasn't Which a is why probably the best part of the movie, of course, yeah. is her singing yes. Robin. Robin. Which that movie was used in another movie that will be much higher up my list. Um and every movie should just use yeah um, every Robin hit every song. Robin song. Why not? Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we all using "Dancing on My Own" at all times? Yeah, I agree. Great song. Forty nine. I have Shazam. Yeah, that's a nice place for it. I think. Yeah. Right smack dab in the middle there yeah. somewhere. It's uh, how bad were the actors as like the not Zachary Levi but the other like when the other kids from the house become like the Shazam people oh, that it's, it's clearly they just got like fitness models when it's like Adam Brody and like yeah yeah um you know what's fascinating to me about that movie is is I felt like that was a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be yeah because it's like there are some very like graphic scary moments uh-huh and which are affected, yeah. But then it's then it's really played as kind of like a buddy comedy, and then there's also some moments that not to the uh, language level, but there's a gr- there's that great scene where they're both where Mark Strong and Zachary Levi are like two hundred and fifty yes. feet apart from each other, and yeah. Mark Strong's like giving a speech, and Zachary Levi's like, "What are you saying?" Yeah, cut to that him. feels like Deadpoolish, very Deadpoolish. Um, very, very Deadpoolish. Yeah. And it, so it's like it didn't. It was like it could have been. At some points, it's like it could have been a G or a PG movie. Right. And then at other points, it was like very tongue in cheek and Deadpool. And then at other points, it was like people getting thrown out of windows to their death. Yeah. I also thought the CGI of the sins was terrible. 
Yeah, it wasn't great. For 2019, and it's a DC production, I know this isn't, they're not spending Batman money on it, but still, I thought it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that DC did something that people seem to enjoy. Yeah. I think it did pretty well. My biggest thing with it was uh, the casting of uh, Billy. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't really any... Uh, connection between the younger guy who plays Billy and then Zachary Levi as right. Shazam. Yeah, they were completely different people. Yeah, and Zachary Levi is, is you know, he's more comedic, charming, charismatic, which I know is part of the Shazam character. If you're right. going to say, oh, he turns into this other thing. But he still speaks as though he is a young man. Yeah, like, it's weird because he turns into Shazam and he comes kind of this dopey, happy-go-lucky guy. And it's like, but the kid that we're introduced to is all very melancholic. And, yeah. yeah, he's um, and just to be f- totally honest, he doesn't even like vocally get above like a four or a five yeah. in enthusiasm. And then you cut to Zachary Levi and he's like, hey, you guys. Like everything's like very big. Yeah. So that just didn't really work for me. Yeah. Uh, 48, I have Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I missed it. Which is um, shocking. I was a huge Pokemon fan. See, I think that's, maybe I would have had it higher if I, I just missed Pokemon. I okay. think I'm like a year too old, basically. So I never was in that world at all. Yeah. And uh, so I felt like a lot of the movie is Easter eggs, which meant nothing to me. Yeah, it would have been, I would, I, I need to see it. I'll probably flip out. Yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds is doing his Ryan Reynolds thing. Yeah, um, that's the only weird part to me. Is yeah. It's like Deadpool is mostly a vocal performance. Yeah. So I'm just like, why would they want Deadpool for Pikachu? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, 47, I have The White Crow, which I'm sure you saw. Didn't see. Um, but I'm intrigued by. I mean, Ray Fiennes is an yeah. um, interesting guy. It's a uh, biopic about Rudolf Nureyev. Uh, and when basically when he, what's the word? When he left uh, Russia, basically, uh, when they were in, I think they were in France at the time. Um, I think it's well made. I think it would be really interesting for anyone who's into ballet. Yeah. um, Or particularly if you're into Nureyev. Um, I'm not super into either of those things. Um, I thought the most interesting thing is the guy who plays Nureyev is a dancer who is pretty terrific for someone who... Yeah, like they went dancer first, actor second. Yeah. Um, I I was like, this guy can can really carry these scenes pretty well, given what you would expect from something like that. Because I had just watched The Turning Point, which was nominated for Best Picture in like '77 or something, and it's about ballet and Mikhail Baryshnikov's in it, and oh. the daughter of it's Anne Bancroft and Shirley MacLaine, and I can't remember. I think it's Shirley MacLaine's daughter. Okay. And they are both, Brishnikov, it's very clearly he has not learned to act yet, and the daughter is very bad, but they're both primarily there as dancers. So, um, 46, Triple Frontier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, here's what I liked about Triple Frontier. Go for it. Um, Without without spoiling anything, what I really liked about it was... um, if you watch the trailer for the movie, mm-hmm. you have no idea what the movie's about. Sure. Because the trailer for the movie ends up being the first 25 minutes of the film. Right. 
Um, so I love when that happens. Yeah. I love when you've seen every, I mean, I try to avoid trailers at all costs, but Netflix, it was just like they were just pumping that yeah. thing out everywhere. So, but I like when I've seen everything essentially that they've told me the movie's going to be about in the trailer. And then I'm like, oh, I've got like an hour and 15 minutes of this movie left. Yeah. Now, where is this going to go? Right. So in that way, I really liked it. I've obviously, you know, the cast is stacked. Uh-huh. Um, and it was fun to, to, to see like an R rated action movie yeah. with some heart, trying to go for mm-hmm. some heart. Um, I think, I wonder if you can articulate why there's something about it that doesn't feel like it goes far enough in that direction. I think a lot of it has to do with that stack cast and JC Shandor most violent year was a movie that I loved and I liked margin call quite a bit. I think I expected, I just expected, not that it would be an Oscar movie, but it would be a little more high-minded than I think it ultimately ended up being. Yeah. Especially when you see Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck and stuff like that, you expect it to be a little more than it ultimately was. Yeah. Because I think it ended up just being sort of his version of, you know, Commando or Predator, but you know, a little. Yeah, I think that's a little why more it, than it that. Ends up middle of the road. I yeah. think they, I think they thought they were making that movie. Yeah, I think in the performances and in the, it's sort of the, this brotherhood, right? Of you know, ex soldiers that are now mercenaries yeah. for hire. Um, I think that's probably what the draw was for them. Yeah, is like let's talk about what it's like for these guys when the government doesn't want them and have any use for them anymore. Right. And so where do they put their skill set yeah. to use? And so it's like, I love the idea of, you know, what if we, for once in our lives, use our skills to take something for ourselves? Right. And then the unraveling of that selfish act, ultimately. Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. I just think it... You know, it's like they had to cover so much ground that maybe they didn't have enough room for as much yeah, character. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it just didn't go where I wanted it to go. Uh, 45, this I feel like also people that saw this because I know a lot of people are huge fans. Apollo 11, which was a documentary about Apollo 11. There's cool footage in there. Hmm. I think it's well made, but I don't... For me, a documentary like Free Solo is always more interesting than a documentary like Apollo 11 where it's just basically found material right. that not that I could make it but it seems like anyone with enough time could find that could find stuff. that stuff and kind of put it together um, 44 I have the upside the upside this was Kevin Hart oh my gosh yes of course <laughs> and uh, Brian Cranston what was the original film called the upside of anger no that, up- no that's no. Joan Allen wasn't it called like the ex- the in it's not the Expendables, but it's like a word like that. It's, Craig is finding it right now. I'm going to find it. The Upside of Anger was a um, <laughs> was Kevin Costner. Yeah, and, and yeah. Joan Allen. Yeah. It's a good movie, I actually. actually. Like that movie. That's yeah. a twist movie. Remember that twist? I don't even remember the twist. You guys, look up, watch The Upside you of should Anger. Watch. It's a good movie. A lot of, a lot of great daughters in that Harry movie. Harry Russell. Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. Um, Mike Binder wrote and directed that. The it's like the in in the untouchable the un the untouchables the I I just looked up the untouchables which I knew it wasn't because it's Um, in there somewhere. 
It's got to say based on when you look it's it up. It's the Untouchables. Right? The Intouchables? Which is, yeah. Which is like the like one of the top grossing movies ever in France yes. or something. Very successful film. Um, it honestly was just better than I expected it to be. Oh, okay. I went in thinking it was going to be really bad. It had been delayed a bunch yeah. as well. And then and it then got Kevin dumped Hart in January. Yeah. Um, and it just ended up being more enjoyable than I expected. It's still not a great movie. I don't think you have to see it. Okay. Especially if you've seen The Untouchables. Yeah. It's probably better. Yeah. Um, but it was better than I expected. 43, I had Velvet Buzzsaw. Okay. I think that would have been lower for me. Yeah. Um, I inj- I mean, I like his movies. Yeah. Um, I like Jake. Just, it's another movie that just sort of goes off the rails, and it's a movie that you wanted it to either be crazier yeah. from the jump or it's sort of like teeters on B movie. Yeah. And and like I was entertained. Yeah. And 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 I and I thought there were some interesting acting choices happening. My biggest problem with it was I I I weirdly thought it was um I thought it I didn't like the way it was shot. No. And there, and there was some I can agree about that. Yeah. Scenes where I was like this looks like a student film. Yeah. It's like so digital and it's like very boring. Have you seen speaking since this is a Netflix movie? Have you um opened up Netflix recently and gotten any of the trailer Secret Obsession? Yes. <laughs> there you go. I mean, might that as well movie be a looks, lifetime movie. That movie looks like you and I shot it in an afternoon on an iPhone. Yeah. I mean, that we were somehow friends with Brenda Song and we yeah. were like, "Hey, and Mike Vogel." Yeah, we have like like a sort of idea for a movie. Basically, we we caught like two Lifetime movies yeah, the other night. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, it's all it is. And I guess it doesn't surprise me that Netflix is going to start getting into that space yeah. more to compete. Sure. Which is like, yeah, let's just start cranking out Lifetime movies with like people who, you know, like because people like Mike Vogel is like is a good actor. Right. Who's just, I don't know what he's I don't know what if if it's like he's not getting the things that he wants to be getting, or if he's just like you know work is work, and I respect that. Right. Um, but he is somebody that I just feel like I'm shocked hasn't been in more great yeah. stuff. Yeah. He's like very leading man. Um, the next two movies are basically just grouped together. Forty two, I have the Lego Movie two, the second part. Didn't see it. And at forty one, I've How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is the third version of that movie. Didn't see it. Liked the trailer. Um, great animation, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Lego Movie is fun, just not near as fun as the first one. Just felt like a retread. Um, the How to Train Your Dragon. The interesting thing about that movie: a every. Basically, every supporting role in that movie is just straight comedic relief, and it's mm. too much. But T.J. Miller had voiced a character for two of them, and the guy there's a guy playing him in this third movie that sounds exactly, sounds exactly like, like him. Wow. And I was like, is that T.J. Miller? I can't believe they still used him. I looked it up, and no, they didn't. Now I have to know. Someone else. Um, at number 40, I have Yesterday. I'm sad that I haven't seen Yesterday. See... I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It was it was way at the top of my list. I I'm shocked. Yeah. And it was like just other movies came out. Right. And now Joe and I share a, a particular affinity for the movie About Time. Yes, Richard Curtis. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a huge Richard Curtis fan. Yeah. Um, yesterday, Richard Curtis, Danny Boyle, The Beatles, and it just never quite gets there. Really? Yeah. It's a great concept, I think. Um, Kate McKinnon has a sort of I don't know that we're going to ever figure out how to use Kate McKinnon outside of sketch comedy. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. just not sure it's going to happen. Well, what's going to happen with her playing what's-her-name? Oh, uh, the 
the what, it's like Elizabeth, Jennifer Lawrence is doing whatever. one. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know, one of the worst movies I saw last year. I love all these people. Um, was um, the spy who dumped me? Yeah, and um, yeah, it's like you know there were some laughs to be had, but there that was another movie didn't know what it wanted to be. I think, and I had the same thought. I just you know she's just very specific, I guess. I I wonder if like we're just not maybe we just haven't seen even like her bridesmaids role with Kristen Wiig where they let her do the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, and it's just fair. everything has been just too charactery that yeah. they've given her. Um, Lily James is adorable. Yeah. Um, Hamish Patel is quite good. There's this, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it cause I think you will eventually see the movie, I will. but after you see it, I want to talk to you. There's a scene about two thirds of the way through the movie okay. that I think gives it a sort of, it's sort of almost sour in a way. It's really questionable, I okay. think, what they did. And I'd be interested to ask you if you okay. see that. Um, 39, I have The Mustang. Didn't see it. This was the Matthias Schoenarts movie oh, about... Sure. Uh, he's basically a prisoner that goes to like a rehabilitation facility with horses. It's basically what it is. Okay. It's a good performance. Yeah. Um, 38, I have Captive State. Didn't see it. Um... Confusing movie. Okay. But some interesting stuff in it. That was That's with John... John uh, Goodman's John in Goodman, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 37, Fighting With My Family. I wanted to see that, and I didn't see it. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, I think, is going to be a huge movie star. I, well, I think so, too. Yeah. She's like 23 years old. It's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, she's great in this movie. Uh, the movie is just sort of okay. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Stephen um, Merchant. Stephen Merchant wrote, wrote, wrote it. it. Yeah, yeah, all about the real-life former wrestler Paige and her uh, coming up in a wrestling family and joining the WWE. Um, yeah, it's mostly worth it to see Florence Pugh. I yeah. think you should see anything Florence Pugh's in because yep. she's going to make it good. 36, I have Tolkien. Didn't see it. Again, uh, it's a biopic, I guess, only for people that really love Lord of the Rings, but... Yeah, Nicholas Holt is good in it. Yeah, you know, but it's, uh, Lily Collins. Lily Collins, yeah, they're both very good. It is exactly what you think it would yeah. be, and then there's you know the moments of. It seems like we're getting a lot of uh, British authors who served in World War One biopics over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So there's the flashbacks, and then you see the moment in the flashback that leads to well, this is how the I decided figured out orcs. Yeah. Um, Thirty five. I have Arctic. Didn't see Arctic, but I want to. Yeah. Mads. Um, Mads. Mads, Mads Mickelson. Just Mads surviving in the Arctic. Which I, I, I'm on board for all that. It's, it's cast away in the snow, baby. Love that. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. Uh, 35 Pet Cemetery. Didn't see it. I have never seen the original Pet Cemetery. I've never read the book. Me neither. Um, I don't. I, uh, we're both big animal lovers. Big I time. don't like the idea of scary animals. I like yeah. animals to be lovely. I don't like scary animals, and I don't like when animals die. Yeah. Um, this is another movie they gave away everything in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but Jason Clark's a good actor. Yeah. And uh, it was an enjoyable little romp. Yeah. Uh, 33 of Wine Country. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's high. Well, it hasn't been a very good movie year. 
Yeah, it has been a little sparse. Yeah. Even looking at the ones that I've taken. I mean, I was looking at my list, and really it's not until you get like, till the top 12 or 13 Thing. that I'm like, these yeah. are good movies that I yeah. really can't wait to see again. I thought Wine Country was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. I thought it was fun. I know people, people I think, were expecting Bridesmaids. Yeah, and which I it's just, not. It's just not. No. It's like, it's slower. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's more, it's not a... It's not, let's see how crazy a situation we can throw these yeah. women into. It's much, it's much subtler and just kind of about relationships and, and a, a, a phase of life that maybe we don't explore a lot comedically. Yeah. I think some of the characters, or some of the people just were used better, like Paula Pell. Yeah. Is amazing. And Maya Rudolph's always amazing. I don't think it used Amy Poehler as well as it could have. Yeah, I think the, the 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 issues for me were I think you need to flip the casting of Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch. Mm-hmm. Um, have Rachel Dratch play the the person they're renting from, sure. and and Tina play the one who's having the birthday. I think Tina couldn't do the full couldn't. shoot, so yeah. that's why I added. Um, and it was like fun to see her kind of goof around yeah. in the role, but I just think it would have made the movie make more sense. I think. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman is funny. Um, Shout out my friend, Maya Erskine, who has a, a fun part in uh-huh. it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, 32, another Netflix film, I Have Always Be My Maybe. People keep telling me I need to watch this movie. I'm shocked I haven't watched it. I it's love a cute. rom-com. It's a, it's a very cute rom-com. Um, there's a great uh, double date scene. I've heard. About halfway through with Keanu Reeves. I've heard. Um, that's... Uh, that's it's honestly it's right up there with like Bill Murray and Zombieland in oh, terms good. of a playing a himself in a movie. Um, it's terrific. Um, yeah, it's just like a good rom com. Yeah. There's nothing great about it. It's, yeah. but it's a nice movie to put on Netflix on a Friday night. Yeah. Thirty one. I have High Life. Did you see High Life? No, and it was on my list of like must sees. There's a lot of stuff in High Life I do not like at all. Okay. But visually, there's some other stuff that okay. will still be with me at the end of the year i think (laughs) robert pattinson is um for those of you who sort of fell off of him post twilight um do yourself a big favor i think in him and kristen stewart if you just think of them as the twilight guys um you've made a mistake because they actually become two of the most interesting actors in hollywood some of my favorite performances in in film in the last yeah. four or five years, have been Robert Pattinson um, in Good Time. Um, he's really good in Lost City of Z. He's great in Lost City of Z. Um, I think that he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's a really interesting and and exciting. Yeah, it was guy. really annoying when they announced him as uh, the new Batman. When people were like, "Oh, the Twilight guy," it's like, like mm, actually, he's it's been <laughs> so long yeah. since those films, and he's um, he's been doing really good stuff. And you know, like you know, one for them, three for me. Yep. It seems that's what I I would guess that's why K. Stu's doing this awful looking new Charlie Angels movie, yep. Charlie's Angels movie. And I think I think. If you're if you're Robert Pattinson at this stage of his career when he's doing all this interesting stuff, he's only doing Batman because it's there's going to be something cool for him to do in that movie. Yeah, and I think Matt, and Matt Reeves is an interesting yeah, filmmaker. It'll and, be good. Yeah, Thirty Eight Missing Link. Who's in that? It's the uh, uh, what's the name of the group? The people that do like um, the Wallace and Gromit. Oh was, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah, Hugh Jackman's yeah. voice and Zach Galifianakis. Right, um, I missed that one. Yeah. Okay. Cute movie. Sure. 
Had some had some fun, heightened humor for the adults and some lowbrow stuff for the kids. I love that. Yeah. Twenty nine. I have the Lion King. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, what I'll say about the Lion King is um, it was very stunning. Yep. Visually. Visually. Mm -hmm. And um, and there was a, you know of course nostalgic. Yep. Um, it's still the Lion King. The music's yeah. great. Yeah. Yep. And it's almost a shot for shot. Yeah remake and and i'd say probably 90 percent line for line yeah um so in some places it was yeah like, i think outside of the timon and pumba stuff it yes. feels like everything else is yeah, probably exactly them, the same they let them play yeah um i think it is you know the hyper realism of the animals limits their ability to emote yes so you just don't connect as much because they just they can't get all wide-eyed or right. sad or anything it's just sometimes the the words don't actually seem to be really coming out of their mouths at all i think the most the most goosebumps i got was during circle of life yes when you're just seeing the actual animals but the song is just playing over the top of yeah. everything yeah I, and i and i yeah I, my takeaway is it's worth seeing for the visuals and for Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen, uh -huh. I think, are very fun. Yeah. And it's that's something you can't get in the original. Yes. But then just watch the original. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely just watch the original. If you don't have, you know, $17 to go see it on yeah. a, like a IMAX screen, uh, just watch the original. And I feel like your kids would like the original more, too. I think so. so I just don't know what the draw is. It's like, you know, your, your eight-year-old isn't going to see a movie because Beyonce is in it, I no. don't think. So, or Especially, Donald Glover. By the way, she's only got five lines in the movie, guys, yeah. and she's that was not an, great at them. No, that. No, <laughs> again, that was another case of, like, they had her for an afternoon, yeah. you know? Yeah. No one's telling Beyonce, I'm do it again, but a little bit more. No yeah. one's saying that. Nope. So it's like, what you're going to get is what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, here's my big uh, Lion, Queen, Lion King question for you. Yeah. How do we feel about the Be Our Guest moment? I thought it was cute and funny. However, I missed the hula moment. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Nathan Lane, Ernie Sabella. Yeah. You know what? Song yeah. That we get from I, the I forgot about the Be Our Guest moment until you just brought yeah. that up. And I, so I guess I was fine with it. Are we supposed to believe that Timon and Pumbaa had caught a screening? A screening of Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. And are we supposed to believe it was the live action one, do you think, with Emma? Or do you think it was the original animated? I think. <laughs> it, this, do you think a stage production it's came so through? Bad, uh, yeah, it's like, it's hard to even wrap your yeah. around it. Um, 28, I have Late Night. Yeah, Late Night was, um, there's a lot of stuff I liked in Late Night. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was just too many things happening yeah. in the film. Um, that, I, that I was like, oh, I understand why they're doing everything, but it just ends up making it middle of the road. Yeah. Um, because it's like, oh, I liked Mindy Kaling and Reed Scott. Yeah. Um, and I liked Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson, but I really liked... Emma Thompson. Yeah. And I really, really wanted a movie about Emma Thompson yes. being a late night host. Yeah. And I really I and I really liked Emma Thompson and John Lithgow and you know what? I didn't need the affair subplot because I love them as a couple. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Like um, There's subplots that we didn't ultimately need. It felt like and this is partially because of what she's written before, it felt like the first three episodes of a 
12 episode season of a yeah. show as mm. opposed to a movie. Yeah. Um, 27, I have Wild Rose. I want to see Wild Rose. Um, I don't think the story is anything new. It's about a Scottish woman who's just out of prison who's trying to become a country singer. Yep. Uh, but Jessie Buckley, there's another star for you. Baby. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, hard to take your eyes off of her. I'm very excited. Number 26, I have Rocket Man. Yeah. I think Rocket Man, Rocket Man is such an interesting film. Yeah. Because you've got Dexter Fletcher mm-hmm. directing. Yeah. Who, of course, came in to save the day on Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Then Bohemian, Which, of course, is a movie Joe and I both love. <laughs> yeah, we love that movie. Um, uh, sorry if my sarcasm is too realistic. Uh, the thing is, he comes in He comes in and saves Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody gets all this acclaim. Yeah. And wins Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. Yeah. And then Rami Malek wins every award on planet Earth <laughs> yeah. for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. And so when you, when you know that this... Elton John yeah. biopic is coming out. Dexter Fletcher at the helm again. And Taron Edgerton as Elton John. Yeah. Singing for real. Yeah. Acting his butt off. Yeah. There's an argument to be made that you just have to hand him the Academy Award. Yes. If you're just comparing the two performances. Right. Yes. Now, we... we Pretty much know that's not going to happen. I would not be surprised if he's not even in the picture yes. by like November, yes. which is insane because he's so much better than Rami Malek is in Bohemian Rhapsody. That's what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> just remember that. What yeah. Craig just said, that's just crazy. The yeah. idea of that is crazy, and I just hope people realize that. And I'm actually going to talk about it in just a second with another movie it did very similar about... Uh, the film instead of an actor. Okay. Um, I think Rocket Man is a half great movie. I think when it fully embraces the musical yeah. nature, it's so fun. Yeah. And then the other half, which is very just standard, troubled musician, yeah. bad manager, bad relationship, alcohol problem. Yeah. We've just been there. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it in Bohemian Rhapsody. Even though I like the actor better, don't like it that much here either. Um, 25 I Spider Man Far From Home. Which I enjoyed. I just think it's a lower tier Marvel film. Yeah, I had a lot of problems with it. Um, it just sort of washed over me. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was was terrific. He's great, and he and and that's honestly saying a lot because he had to he had to choke through some yeah. very bad writing. Yeah, in my opinion, um, I just thought it was. I thought it could have been the I, the movie I wanted uh-huh. was a post Endgame Peter Parker that is like I want absolutely nothing to do yeah with being Spider Man and I'm grieving right and I'm really grieving yeah and I'm not over it right and it's gonna take half of this movie for me to even want to look at my costume yeah. Because we never got an origin story for Tom Holland. Right. As, and I think, for me, it showed up in this movie, my need for it. Right. I just thought, like, I just don't know that I, I buy all this stuff. Yeah. And I've just felt like, emotionally, they could have gone way further. And I thought it was a little bit kind of like... Well, from the jump, you know they're going to go in a completely different direction because they start the movie... With this like shoddily made yeah. in memoriam thing, this playing at the high school Which, for these that already didn't work for me yeah. because I did the morning announcements at my high school. Sure, 
from 2000 to 2004, mm-hmm. and they looked better than that. Right. And I'm like, the tech that these kids have now, everyone's cutting on Final Cut yeah. or even whatever your version of iMovie is. Like, I just was like, this is so on the nose now for we a should, high school. Now, we should point out these are mostly, like, science-based kids, and they're not That's creative true. kids. Yeah, they're so. not the visual and performing <laughs> yeah. parts. But, yeah, so it was just like, eh, even this is kind of not even funny to me because it just would look better. Right. If you, you know, if anyone that was a teenager was working with film stuff today. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it all kind of felt like that to me. It yeah. Felt, and then there were some twists that obviously we won't mention that I, I just thought, like. I think the first hour of the movie is basically setting up a twist so everything doesn't really matter. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, 24, I have The Art of Self-Defense. Didn't see it. I actually didn't love this movie. Again, kind of shows what the year's been so far. Yeah. Um, it's a dark comedy. There's some good stuff in it. I think maybe we're done with Jesse Eisenberg. Really? Yeah. He's got Zombieland 2 coming out. I know. You're not going to see it? I mean, Listen, you got to see it. Can, like, I'd love for him to get another social network role that he can really sink his teeth into, but there's just other guys that I feel like are in his age group that can do what he does, plus Do you have anyone more. in mind? Um, anyone in particular? I'll put you on the spot. Well, I feel like even like someone like we were we were talking about before we started, like John Gallagher Jr. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he I probably could do it. Yeah, that's a good. You know answer. that like, someone that doesn't get a ton of yeah uh, film work. Yeah. There's other guys I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, Emil Hirsch. There's guys, like, right in that range that I feel like kind of have disappeared more. And yeah. I don't necessarily love them, but I'm just not. Yeah. I I still think Jesse Eisenberg's, I think the uh, Lex Luthor of it all uh, yeah. has hurt him for me. Yeah. 23, I have the best of enemies. Didn't see it. So this is the movie that I want to talk about in comparison to uh, what we were talking about with Rami Malek versus Taron Edgerton. Okay. So The Best of Enemies stars Taraji P. Henson and Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell plays the leader of the local chapter of the Klan mm-hmm. in the South. Taraji P. Henson is like a activist. Mm-hmm. And they have to come together after the uh, African-American school in town has uh, a fire, basically. So it's they it can't be used, and they have to figure out a way... Um, to see if the schools gonna are gonna be um, desegregated. Sure. Um, so you have these like two disparate people that learn to like each other. It's based on a true story. Um, I can't. I think Sam Rockwell's character eventually died first, and she like gave the eulogy at his funeral. Oh, wow. So um, this movie we've seen a hundred times, including last year in the Best Picture winner Green Book. Yep. This to me. I think is a better movie than Green Book, mm. and there is zero percent chance that it will be talked about as a Best Picture nominee. Yep. And I think it may simply be because this movie, and there's so many, like, you have an Academy Award-winning actor and an Academy-nominated actress, which was the same thing with Green Book as your two leads, based on a true story. This movie came out in April, and Green Book came out in October, and I think that's the only difference between them. Yeah. I can't figure out why one would be in the picture and one wouldn't. Um, again, I don't think this is like a great movie. Yeah. But it's just as good and I think better than Green Book, which wow. won a Best Picture. I don't get it. Yeah, Number- it's, it and, and Sam Rockwell, I think, 
you know, he said recently in an interview that he needs to probably take a break from racists. Yeah. You know, yeah, he so needs to take some time off for racism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 22 I had High Flying Bird, which is a movie that I only thought like half worked. I shockingly, I'm going to I'm going to really put myself I'm going to rake myself over the coals for this one. I didn't finish it. Wow. You guys, I finish every movie. Yeah. I was watching this movie at home. It's a Netflix film, yeah. Steven Soderbergh. And I was like, I just can't get into this movie. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I love Andre Holland. Um, I think that was part of it. I thought, you know, there was some interesting things with the shot with an iPhone. Yeah. I think maybe that that might have tipped me over the edge in killing it for me. Right. Was there was some part of me that was just like, this would just look better if it was shot with a camera. A camera. Yeah. And I get that his whole thing is like he wants to work quick and he also wants to be able to put the camera wherever he wants. And if yep. it's the size of a phone, you can put it wherever you want. But I just felt like, I don't know if this is making the movie any better. Right. I get it. 21 Eye of Shadow, uh, which is a basically like a martial arts, um, you know, movie. Pretty uh, crazy violence. Some cool martial arts okay in it it's by the same guy who did hero and house of okay um a thousand flower or whatever house of something flowers no idea yeah uh 20 i have crawl haven't seen it want don't, to see it it's pretty recent i don't want to spoil yeah, anything i plan um i just think it's very it's if you go in just looking for a creature feature you're going to very much enjoy it great if you pay any attention to the subplot between uh Kelly Scolidario or Kaya and Barry Pepper, uh, you're going to just roll your eyes in the back of your head, but it's fun for what it is. 19, I have Alita Battle Angel. Didn't see it. Script is also horrible in this yeah. movie. Uh, James Cameron still hasn't learned to ever write, write dialogue, really, yeah. but uh, the action scenes are great, and the visuals in this movie are incredible. Are cool. Like, okay. Lion King's going to knock it out of the way at the end of the year, but this stuff's the most interesting stuff, I think, visually that's been done all year. 18, I have Brightburn. Didn't see it. Um, movie with a superhero twist. I more like the whole idea of the movie, yeah. I think, than how it was fully accomplished, but the oh. idea is so good that it still works, yeah. and the kid's good in it, and Elizabeth Banks' good in it. Okay. 17, I had five feet apart. Wow. Yeah. I never. I didn't see it. I know of it. Yeah. That, seem, that seems very high. Um, I just found it utterly charming. Okay. Um, it's Haley Lou Richardson. Yeah, who's great. Who's great. Another young starlet. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's deserves to. Yeah. Be she's so she's so charming. In this this movie is very much you know it's about two kids with cystic fibrosis so they can't be within uh, six feet of each other because they could pass their viruses and there's like different strains and it Got could it, kill like them. Worse, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's she's Cole just, Sprouse. It's Cole Sprouse and he's good in it, but she's just so charming yeah. and so great. And it's, you know, directed by Justin Baldoni. Am, am I wrong? I'm not sure. It sounds right. Who is on Jane the Virgin. He's oh, like okay. the heartthrob on Jane the Virgin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was it was a lot better than I expected it to be. I almost missed it. I saw like I think the last week it was in the movie theaters. To me, it was a better version of Fault in Our Stars. 
Okay, yeah. But it does what it's supposed to do. It makes you cry. Yeah, Justin Baldoni directed that. I want to say it might have been his feature... Debut? Debut. I could be wrong, but I think it is. Well, good for him. Uh, 16, I have Gloria Bell. I didn't see that. I don't know even know what that is. That's the uh, Julianne Moore movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, where yeah. she plays a uh, divorced woman, you know, yeah. in her late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Um, she kind of starts dating John Turturro. Uh, it's just a very good glory, or it's very good Julianne Moore performance. Okay. The movie doesn't fully hold together, I don't think, but she's good in it. 15, I had Captain Marvel, which, uh, again, I don't think is the greatest Marvel movie, but uh, I think I liked it better than a lot of people did. There were some fun moments in yeah. there. I thought the stuff with... I, it was my favorite Sam Jackson, Nick Fury stuff yep. since, like, maybe the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Yeah, and I also um, thought Ben Mendelsohn was quite winning. Ben Mendelsohn doing incredible work with a face of, you know, prosthetics. Yeah. And still acting his butt off and, like, really giving a great performance. Yeah. Uh, number 14, I have Diane. No idea. So this is an indie movie with Mary Kay Place, and it basically, she is this woman, um, I don't know if she's supposed to be widowed or just divorced. I'm sure they mentioned the movie, and I'm just already forgetting. Um, But it just sort of follows her through years of her life. She has all these, like, aunts and, um, like, aunts that she's really close with and uncles and, you know, kind of played by a great, like, older actors like Phyllis Somerville and um, that sort of slowly, like, we kept seeing her sort of in little moments in the movie and then, you know, she's at a funeral or we see something about, like, an aunt passing away and she has a son that she is close to that is, uh, clearly has, like, a heroin addiction then he goes to rehab and then he kind of becomes born again in rehab and then she's dealing with like this over religious nature it's just again it's a it's similar to gloria bell in that i think this is a slightly better movie and it's a slightly better performance but it's actually just great to see mary Kay place get like a really cool role to play right so this is that's kind of the delineation for me i think these are all some of these movies i would suggest previous but i think these would be the ones that i'd be like you know, these are the best movies of the year so far. Yeah. So at 13, I have The Souvenir. Did, Did you see that? So this is uh, the Joanna Hogg movie uh, with Tilda Swinton and her daughter, Honor uh, okay. Byrne, Swin- Swinton Byrne. Um, it's an interesting movie about a relationship. You've, it's this girl, and she's in a relationship with this guy, and you can tell he's hiding something. And it's a lot of it's about dependency in mm. different forms. Um, it's a movie that I liked when I watched it, and I think... It's continued to grow on me the more I think about it. I think if I saw it again, I'd like it even more. I love that. 12, Hotel Mumbai. Didn't see it. Um, It is based on the bombings in Mumbai in, I think, 2000 and I want to say eight, but that could be totally wrong. Um, It's Dev Patel. um, Jason Isaacs is in it. uh, Army Hammer. It's just a really good sort of retelling of a horrific thing. The other thing is, I feel like a lot of times you see movies like this and all the name actors in it are the ones that are going to make it through okay, and at the end you're like, oh, 
well, at least everyone least I they, cared about yeah. made it, and that's not true of this movie. Oh, good. And I think I just think it's sort of an unflinching t- story telling of it, um, and I really suggest it. I want to watch it. Eleven Eye of Us. Yeah, I liked Us. Yeah. Um, I thought I, it was like, I mean, look, you know, Get Out. Yeah. Being Jordan Peele's first foray. Right. It's like, you know, if it were, if this were the music world, it would be like the debut album. Right. Is Get Out, right? And and in the music world, you've essentially worked on your debut album your entire life. Right. And so what are you going to do for your second album now? You've yeah. got to have all these experiences. You don't have the luxury of, you know, your entire life experience before leading up to your first creative endeavor. Right. Um, so... I think there was a lot of pressure on us, and all that aside, I just thought if this were the first movie he released, yeah. I think people would be flipping out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot about us that I don't think holds together really at all, but I think it's by far one of the most challenging, most interesting movies of the yeah, year. Yeah, I think I, so too. Um, number 10, I have The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I haven't seen I'm Ashamed. Um, it's good. I think it, it's weird because I want to say it, it's Barry Jenkins meets Wes Anderson. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, that. which I feel like is a really strange comparison. Yeah. Um, but in particular, and I'm going to look up his name because I'm going to screw it up if I don't. The lead actor? Um, actually, not... Well, one of the two leads. So the movie is about basically a man whose family had owned a home in San Francisco lost the home and then they uh this guy basically goes back with his friend to the home all the time and like does upkeep on it Mm -hmm. much to the chagrin of the people that still live there and then those people have to leave the home because of a thing with uh like a father dies and there's Mm -hmm. something with the will um so there's a whole estate thing um Jonathan Majors plays the friend, Montgomery Allen. And throughout it, we see him. He's kind of piecing together the people in this world, and he turns into this one-man show, and it's one of the scenes of the year so far. Um, His performance has some of these other characters that we've met. Um, Number nine, I have Longshot. Yeah, I thought Longshot was a fun movie. Uh, It's mostly for Charlize Theron. Yeah, she's great in it. Yeah. I I Um, think, yeah, I mean... I just laughed a lot. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I thought there was um, some really fun comedic stuff in there. I thought uh, it was a. It's just a good premise. Yeah, it's a fun premise. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, for what it, I think that's a good place for it. Yeah. Um, number eight, I have Booksmart. Yeah, Booksmart would be even higher for me. Yeah, um, as you'll find out on my list. Yeah. Um, I really liked Booksmart. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, really um, just like a beautiful f- story of friendship. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen a lot of high school movies. Yep. And we've seen a lot of movies about people going like, we just have one night to do something. Yeah. You know, we're going to get laid or we're going right. to go crazy or we're going to do drugs or we're going to go on a trip or whatever yeah. it is. And I just felt like they had so much fun in this movie. Yeah. And the characters popping in and out. Yeah. Um, and. Caitlin and yeah. and um, her name is escaping me. 
because it's not a beanie feldstein beanie of course yeah. beanie sorry beanie um you listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah. um beanie you're so good um yeah i mean it's like especially i think for someone like beanie it's like she did ladybird and she was so good in ladybird right. And but this was such a different character, yeah. such a different tone. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was great. Yeah. This movie gets compared mostly to Lady Bird and then Super Bad because Bean Feldstein is Jonah Hill's younger sister. Yeah. For me, I think Super Bad's a little funnier. And I think Lady Bird has a little more dramatic mm-hmm. oomph, but I think Book Smart is a great blending of the two. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, also, because another Good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, of course, played our friend Molly from Sister for years. That's right. On a sitcom. When we first became friends with Molly, yeah. and we would go to tapings of that, and Caitlin yeah. was like 14 or whatever. Yep. Did you ever think you'd see the day where she was in a movie accidentally putting her finger in a girl's asshole? <laughs> <laughs> wow, spoiler alert. <laughs> you haven't seen Booksmart. Um no, I don't think I uh, visualized that. Um, I will say, though, I knew that Caitlin was going to be really good in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, she had already done Justified when she yeah. did last night. She's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I have Midsommar. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Again, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh nailing it. Yeah. And um, this is still, you know, I think... Yeah, I, I almost don't want to say anything about this. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say is, to, and I've said this actually talking about this movie to people um, previously, is as different of a movie as I think this is than Hereditary, I had sort of the same issues with this movie and that I think a little bit in the last third, it, it loses some of the tension for me. Okay. Um, and I don't like it quite as much as the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. but I still think it's very worth seeing. Yeah, and Florence um, Pugh's super interesting. Yeah, Florence Pugh's amazing. Number six, I have John Wick, Chapter Three, Parabellum. Total blast. Yeah, so much fun. What fun? Absolutely insane violence. Yeah, um, maybe too much guns. I could, At a certain point, yeah. I was like. Get, I like the hand-to-hand stuff better. Uh, yeah. I could use a little less guns. And it's like sometimes they're really diligent about how much ammunition he has, and then other times <laughs> you're like, he's been firing this gun for 15 minutes. Yeah. What, how many clips are in that yeah. gun? Um, number five, I've got Toy Story 4. Ugh. I just... I laughed out loud in Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. so many times. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing about Toy Story 4 that I loved is I thought it was completely unnecessary and I was very much worried about the movie yeah. when it was announced because yeah. I thought Toy Story 3 was sort of a perfect end to the yep. story. And then the end of Toy Story 4 is beautiful. Yeah, I you agree. Know? It's a, it's a really, really fun, sweet movie. Yeah. And, um, and, I th- and I was like, I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, Forky, really? And then, I'm, and then now I love Forky. Yeah. Joe is actually dressed as Forky right, right now. now yeah. yeah, I look like a spork. Yeah. Uh, number four, I have The Farewell. I can't say enough good things about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I saw it a few days ago. Yeah. I just, just go see it. Um, you know, support these uh, smaller films of substance. Yeah. That you're going to be entertained by. Right. You're going to feel something. And I just, I just love a grounded dramedy um, that that sort of speaks about family. Yeah, 
and I just I thought Aquafina was uh, great. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think Lulu Wang is gonna is gonna be able to make some very good movies after this movie. Yeah, there's some there's some filmmaking stuff towards the end that I didn't love just because I felt like it got got outside of the simplicity of what they were doing with the movie. But otherwise, I think all the performances are really strong. Yeah. And I think it's... I just listened to a pretty long interview with her about how she'd been trying to make the movie before it was the America, uh, This American Life Story. Oh. And basically, all the American people were like, well, it can't be in mostly in Mandarin if you want to do it. <sighs> and the Chinese producers she would talk to would say, well, but it can't be an American yeah. character. It has to be... Like, she has to have, like, a Chinese friend or something that's, mm. like, our co-protagonist or, like, a, you know, one of the other family members. Um, so then she did the This American Life thing, and then people started coming to her about making it a movie, and then she was like, I'm going to do it, but I'm only going to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to make sacrifices. Right? Yeah. A24 is just absolutely They're the best. killing it. Yeah. Number three, I just switched this. I have Avengers Endgame. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Well, I mean, if you have, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, I want to know who you are, <laughs> because um, it just—you're my wife. It just passed by Avatar, yeah. the highest-grossing film of all time. So, everyone's seen this movie. Yeah. Um, except my wife. Except your wife. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think, I think it is as good as a movie. Uh, as a comic book movie yes. that has to cover as much ground as it has to cover and tie up all these loose ends and everything, I just thought it was as good as you could ever hope a movie like that to be mm -hmm. could be. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think we'll ever see it again in our lifetime. No. I agree. Um, I think there's some, some parts of the middle are maybe a little bit of a jumble mm -hmm. uh, with some of the time traveling stuff. For sure. I mean, if you start going yeah. down a Breaking it down, hole, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, 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 fi the final battle scene. Yeah, the final. Where I mean, everyone comes back. Just, just tears started streaming down my oh face. My God. I cried multiple times in that movie. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to. Nope. I just, it really affected me. The um, You know, we've been with these characters for a decade. Yeah. And they pay it off. And that's, I think, one of the things is, however you feel about the only movies now being comic book movies and Marvel doing three or four movies a year, when we were talking about X-Men, you know, there's something about Marvel, even when they're doing a different story, because they have something that ties it back into the universe. Yeah. That even if you don't get another, you know, Iron Man movie for four years or whatever, you're he's still sort of in your life, so it feels like it was right there. Yeah. Um... So yeah, particularly as a culmination of these events, it's sort of unsurpassed. Yeah. Number two, I have Her Smell. Didn't see it. So this is an Alex Ross Perry movie uh, with Elizabeth Moss, and she plays basically Courtney Love. Okay. It's a Courtney Love-esque character. She is very difficult to spend time with, and honestly, I think this movie is going to suffer from home viewing, because okay. it's about, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. And I think people might not want to spend that much time with this character. Yeah. And I think watching at home, it's very easy to just turn it off and walk mm -hmm. away. But in a movie theater, um, her, performance, yeah. her performance is amazing. Um, and yeah, it just it made me uncomfortable the way she treated her bandmates. There's a lot of great supporting roles in this movie. 
um, Dan Stevens plays her ex. Um, yeah, I, it's her movie. Is this I really already suggest. available? I'm sure it's probably available yeah, on streaming. iTunes, yeah. Yeah. Number one, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's the right choice. Yeah, I just saw it two days ago. Yeah, and um, I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I didn't want it to end. I'm yeah. seeing it again tomorrow. Yeah, um, I just I really like this movie yeah. a lot. Um, this movie obviously has been out. We are recording this on Sunday. It came out Thursday night, yeah. so yeah. we won't uh, do any spoilers. The one thing I'll say is for me, because this movie's kind of told in three sections in uh-huh. a way, um, I can understand a little bit of the backlash about Margot Robbie's role because outside of historical context, I'm not sure what that's doing in the movie in comparison mm-hmm. to the other stuff. Yeah, But I'll also say... This is a top three Leonardo DiCaprio performance. Big time. Um, it may be number one, mm-hmm. but it's, for me, for me, the only four movies that you can even put in the top, and this is just a personal thing, one supporting, and it's Django. Mm-hmm. This, Wolf of Wall Street, Catch Me If You Can. I think those are his top four performances, and it's because he's having fun in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And this one may be the best. He's, well, well, we're going to get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I totally agree. And um, so now I feel like I Give me your top five. I'm going to give you my top five. Yeah. So my top five is, uh, we're right, you you know, you're hovering around it. Mm -hmm. um, But this is not going to be in any particular order. No problem. I can't do that. Yeah. But my top five films are Avengers Endgame, Mm -hmm. Booksmart, Midsommar, Mm Mm-hmm. The Farewell, mm-hmm. and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So all of your movies that are in the top are in my top. Uh, my wife is walking down the stairs and she's trying to do it so, so quietly. She's being really careful. She thinks she that heard it, us talking about how she hasn't seen Endgame <laughs> and she wants to give us. She thinks it's like it's like it's in a like a horror movie. Yeah. And she's trying to. Well, sneak I'm terrified. Away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all of your top five are in my top eight. Yeah. And you didn't see one of those movies that I had up there. So Yeah, which was Her Smell. Her Smell. Yeah. So um, pretty much on track there. So and then to, you know, while we're on the subject. So, yeah. So I, I want to know who's who are your front runners for the four acting awards right now? Um, well, because we were just talking about him, I think Leo will be nominated for for Best Actor. I think right now... Of all those movies we went through, yeah, I'm not sure I could even pick another person to get nominated other than Taron. And Leo's I, performance is so much, and like Taron Edgerton, I think is very good. Yeah, but Leo's is so much better. Yeah, but I don't even know who I, else I would put there. I'm I'm with you. I I couldn't think of anybody else. Um. Yeah, I mean, because the, the the acting performances out of the movies that I basically just mentioned that stand out to me... It's been as, a much stronger year for women. Yes, but I I, I, th- I thought of Taryn, uh-huh. Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. Brad and Leo. I think yeah. Brad could get a supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquafina and The Farewell, I think, could get attention. Uh-huh. And um, uh, wait, is this last year? What, you didn't have Destroyer on your list. That's last year. That's last year. Yeah. It didn't actually get released until That's why this year, but it had like a December. Yeah. Because yeah. um, she, she got a Golden Globe That's nomination. right. She did. Yeah. Um, 
I can't think of any other acting performances that really stood out to yeah. me. So my male performance right now, I would give Leo the Oscar seven months in. Yeah. I'd probably go with Elizabeth Moss, the yeah. best actress, and mm-hmm. her smell. But I think that's a much, like, I'd have Florence Pugh in there. Yeah. I would have uh, maybe Lupita in there for us. Yes, yeah. I wouldn't be mad um, that. For best supporting actor right now, I'd have Jonathan Majors for Last Black Man in San Francisco. Okay. And you're going to love this one. Oh, boy. For best supporting actress right now, you know I would give it to, let me make sure I get her name right, Shuzhen Zhao as Nai Nai in The Farewell. I wouldn't be upset about that. <laughs> no. She should absolutely get nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's very, it's her very first good. American film. Where she doesn't speak any English, but... Yeah, yeah. but it's the first, like, non-movie oh, she's been in that's not, yeah. like, just a Chinese production. Right. She's very good. Yeah. She's very, very good. Those would be my picks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like maybe Emma Thompson in Late Night, maybe? Maybe. I feel like she's going to get bumped out. because we still have Golden Globe. We still, I mean, we still have... Cynthia Erivo so and yeah. Harriet Tubman coming. We have yeah. a lot of stuff still coming, so it's it's hard. I mean, I would not be surprised. I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, particularly because it also looks like it was going to make between 40 and $45 million this weekend, yeah. so that's going to help it kind of just stay in there. Yep. I hope The Farewell stays in the picture as well. I do too. Um, I think at least as like a screenplay and maybe some acting noms at well. Yeah. But it feels like we have not seen almost anything that's going to really be a player in the Oscars yet. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like a movie like The Farewell will do well at like the Independent Spirit Awards. Yes, for sure. You know? But what's coming up? We've got um, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. We've, this is just to name a few. The Kitchen. Mm-hmm. The kitchen looks terrible. Yeah, it doesn't look good. We've got Good Boys, which I'm excited about. Yeah, it looks funny. Um, Blinded by the Light, sort of like... I'm into it. Yeah. None of these are going to be Oscar movies. Yeah, but then you get into Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Mm-hmm. Could we have some Kate Blanchett? Now, the one thing potential? that worries me about that... Um, is that it's been pushed a bunch. Yeah. And a kind of a weird release time to be coming yeah. out in August. Um, I'm interested. I haven't I've looked into it at all. I'm interested in the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is the Shia LaBeouf, um, Dakota Johnson movie that's sure. coming out okay. in yep. August. Also, another Brad Pitt performance coming up in Ad, Ad Astra. Astra. Uh-huh. Could be an interesting year for him. Yeah. Because he could get a drama and a comedy nom at a Golden Globe, potentially. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hustlers, the J-Lo movie coming out. Mm-hmm. And then we've got 21 Bridges in September. Which um, also got pushed, but maybe that's a good thing. It was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago, and they pushed it to the fall. So yes. that means maybe they think more of it. Um, also, The Nightingale looks interesting, which is, um, if I'm not mistaken, is, uh, yeah, it's it's director Jennifer Kent who did The Babadook. Oh, right. Um, and it's sort of like a, re- a female revenge story. Um, Tiff just had announced their slate. There's some stuff I'm interested in. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. I really want to see Jojo Rabbit. It sounds really interesting. Uh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, Knives Out is playing there, yep. which looks cool. Um, Armando Iannucci has a movie. Oh, He's yeah. doing a David Copperfield adaptation, oh, wow. which... I love myself some Mianucci. And then we've got some stuff that I just feel like is going to be like Oscar players, like the Goldfinch. Yep. Um, 
people think Ford versus Ferrari might be oh, yeah. in there. Though I think both those guys probably will be in the mix. Yeah. Um, Judy, people are really yeah, kind of clocking Renee Zellweger for that. So, yeah, we got an interesting fall. Yeah. Um, there's definitely been some good movies to see so far. I feel like overall it's been a weak year. I think a lot of that is it TV. took me a long time to... Well, it also took me a long time to find a movie this year that I was like, oh, I love this movie, where last year Paddington 2 was the first movie I saw of the year, yeah. and it was like third on my list at the end of the year. Yeah. So it was like, well, yeah, where's my Paddington 2? I found that with once, aside from like the anticipation leading up to Endgame, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the first movie in a long time that I was excited to right. see. Yeah. Like, I was like, when you talk to your friends and you're like, I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, least. I don't go and, you know, I see movies a lot, you know, the first few days they're out, but I never go. I went and saw it once upon a time in Hollywood at 4 o'clock on Thursday because yeah. it was the first screening of it. Yeah, I saw it Friday at 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, well, Joe, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I have absolutely nothing to plug. If you're, if you're, um, it's been out for a while, but if you're um, interested in watching my short film, reception mm -hmm. please do that it's on youtube hosted by a wonderful short uh channel called amuleto but just type in reception and it'll pop right up there yeah um other than that i'm just writing stuff right now yeah um we will be back in a couple weeks megan will be back and we're gonna be talking about 1974 uh, which was the godfather 2 chinatown lenny the Conversation, and The Towering Inferno. Wow. So, pretty good year for movies. Um, but thanks for listening to this, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.